And again, friends, welcome to all of you who are here with me and all of you watching online as well. Let's go to God and begin with a prayer. Dear Holy Spirit, light divine, uh, shine within this heart of mine and chase the gloom of night away, turn the darkness into day. Holy Spirit, as you once kindled a fire that could not be stopped, the gospel of Jesus our Savior, also again kindle in our hearts that fire of your love and the desire to share it with people who don't yet know it, that they might too know the joy of a Savior who came to rescue us all. In his name we pray. Amen. Open wide. That's what parents sometimes say as they try and shove a spoonful of strained peas or squash or something like that into their little one's mouth, right? Open wide. Open wide, the dentist says, as you wonder, what's that drill going to feel like as I open my mouth here? I think it's, uh, <laughs> we have reasons why from an early age we, we get a little, a little suspicious of that phrase, open wide, don't we? Almost as if we hear that phrase, open wide, and we kind of instinctively want to say, oh, wait a second, nope, close up shop. <laughs> I got, no, I'm not going to do that, All right? I'm going to turn away and run away if I could, if I'm not strapped here in this high chair <laughs> or this dentist chair. Right? It's almost like from early on we're conditioned to be a little hesitant about opening up. Right? Opening up, it's, uh, it's hard to do sometimes, isn't it? And if it's hard to do when it comes to what we put in our mouth, uh, how much harder, how much more difficult sometimes when it comes to uh, our hearts, right? Opening up can, can be hard to do. And I think, I think I know some reasons why, at least, right? Because we've trusted and, and been burned before, right? Fear, fear of getting hurt, fear of pain, fear, fear of being manipulated or tricked or deceived, right? Our hearts, we, we, we guard our hearts carefully, many of us do, right? Maybe, too, because we, we have learned by experience, the, the truth of what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs where it says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Or it's that the wellspring of life, like it's, it's vital. Our heart, we learn to guard our hearts carefully, many of us. Well, well today, however, what we're going to hear the Apostle Paul say in 2 Corinthians is really open wide. Open wide your hearts. Uh, this is what he says to the Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, we're kind of continuing through the, this book. We're, we're at verse 11 here today. Here's what Paul says. He says, We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and, and opened wide our hearts to you. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. As a fair exchange, I speak as to my children. Open wide your hearts also. So there it is. Open wide your heart. Sounds kind of 
dangerous, doesn't it? Right? Because we just don't like open up our hearts normally to just anybody, anytime, right? Like parents, I was like, think about it. Like you don't just hand your kid an iPad with you know, unfettered access to the internet and an unlimited data plan and say, okay, kid, just open up your heart to whatever it is that you see, whatever the algorithms show you, like it's all good, right? Open wide. Like that would just, that'd be a little bit kind of a risky venture <laughs> to do that, wouldn't it? But, but here in, in 2 Corinthians in the Bible, what, what's going on is actually that the Corinthians were, were in great danger, and that is why Paul is telling them, open wide your heart. He's saying, open wide your hearts to me as your pastor. In Paul's case, as, as an authentic apostle sent by Jesus himself, Paul's saying, open wide your hearts because I, I actually care about you, and you guys are in trouble. Right, again, he, he says, we have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Right, so he's just telling them, we, we, haven't been, we haven't been keeping anything from you. We're not hiding anything. We have no ulterior motives. And we've opened wide our hearts to you. We're not withholding our affection from you, but you are, are withholding yours from us. As a fair exchange, I speak as to my children, open wide your hearts also. So just kind of like remember what's going on here uh, in Corinth. Paul, Paul had been the guy used by God to start the church there. He was, their, he was their first pastor. He was used by God to first introduce them to Jesus as their Savior from sin. Paul had always he'd spoken sincerely and honestly and genuinely with them about, about the, the death and resurrection of Jesus. Paul had helped them so that they could go from worshiping idols and not knowing any better to, to having confidence in the one true God, to know him as their father, to have confidence in the hope of heaven. Paul had been the guy to help them see that, that God's given them gifts and abilities and talents to use, not just for themselves anymore, but to advance the kingdom and to share God's love with more people. But now what's happening is, is, is Paul, he's kind of moved on, but their hearts, their hearts are getting cluttered, getting, getting crowded with all this other stuff. It's, it's interesting when, when Paul says, when he says, you are withholding your affection from us, right? In, in the Greek language here, what, he, what literally he's saying is, your hearts are being crowded. <laughs> so it's kind of this interesting picture. Right? He's talking about their hearts. He's like, you used to have room in your heart for me, which, which meant you used to have room in your heart for Jesus, and now it's being crowded out. Jesus is being crowded out. Other stuff is cluttering up your heart. So recall, recall for a moment what was, uh, what was going on. Right? So again, this is kind of the context of the whole letter. Right? Some other, other teachers had come, come to town, and, and everybody's like, these guys are flashy. These guys have personality, and, and they got credentials, too. They got, like, these letters of recommendation, and, and they're popular. And, man, that guy Paul, he's nothing like these new guys, right? So Paul, he's getting crowded out of their hearts. But what, what, what was happening is these guys are bringing a different message. And as Paul's getting crowded out of their heart, what's happening is Jesus is getting crowded out of their heart, too. 
Right? They, they, the Corinthians had opened, they'd opened wide their hearts to these guys that, uh, that they're, I don't know if it was their term, but they're being called the, the super apostles. <laughs> like, that's what they're being called. So they, they opened up their hearts to these, like, super apostles. And Jesus was getting crowded out. So it was like Paul, old, boring, crusty. Like, Paul, he's old news pastor. We got these new super apostle guys now. All right, so... You know, maybe you're thinking to yourselves, all right, well, I mean, who cares about the Corinthians? Like, far away, long ago, what does this have to do with me? Right? And, and I get it, but just kind of think about this for a second. Like, in our world, people go to great lengths to guard their physical health, right? Like, like the last year, what have the people been doing? Like, just whatever it takes to guard their health, even though they're going to they're gonna, they'd starve their soul to guard their health sometimes, Right? So, like, but, it, but if you think about heart health, like, I don't know a ton about it, but there's, there's like, good cholesterol, and, like, you want that, and, like, you don't want the bad, right? And you want to try to exercise, and you might want to eat, like, the, that certain kind of fish or get those, like, omega-3s or, and all that stuff, right? Especially if you know you have a family history of cardiovascular disease and stuff like that. Like, people will go to great lengths to guard their physical hearts, right? How much more then? How much more important to guard and to protect our soul, our spiritual heart, right? Because what, what Paul's trying to say is what you put into your heart, your soul, can either protect it and guard it or can poison and kill it. Like the stuff that you listen to, what you watch, the content that you consume in the media, the people and the influences you follow, the algorithms that you, let, that you let guide and direct your life, even the, the church that you go to, the podcast that you listen to, the books that you read, it all impacts your heart. And to the extent that it's bad or it's contaminated or it's poisonous, it can actually destroy your faith. So it's kind of, I mean, when Paul says, open wide your hearts, what, what he's really saying is make room in your heart Make room in your heart again for, for the pure teaching of God's word. As it's applied, faith, faithfully taught and applied in your life. Make room in your heart to listen to God's word. Make room in your life to read and study the Bible with an open heart so you can see what God's will is for your life. Make room in your heart, which I think probably means in your calendar and schedule too, right? To, to gather with other Christians who love the truth for worship on the weekends and in a connect group during the week and, and to be encouraging for each other. To not just let things crowd out, crowd out Christ. And to not just let the algorithms and the influences of the world guide your thinking. To not just let the world tell you what parts of the Bible to let in. To not fall for any kind of worldly ideology that just takes total control over how you see every aspect of life, this totalizing worldview. But instead, make room in your heart for all of God's truth to guide your thinking and your actions. You know, I, I saw a question online uh, last week sometime, and it, it just got me thinking. This, this was the question. Is what is important to God still important to us? And this was just like in society in general, but I was thinking about like the Christian church in general, and then like our church and, and my life, and 
I want to answer that personally. Is what's important to God still important to us? You know, there's uh, two, two things I think that really stood out to me, not only in the context of 2 Corinthians here, but in this chapter, in these verses that we're looking at. There, there's kind of two things that I think God is telling us in 2 Corinthians here to answer that question. I think two things, faithfulness to the truth, and then faithfulness with the truth. Like, they both go hand in hand. In other words, like, holding on to the truth, right? Making room for the truth, holding on to the truth, not letting it go, but also being faithful, holding out the truth to others. Because it's the only thing that can save. It's the only thing that can change people's hearts and lives, right? So being faithful to the truth and being faithful with the truth. And, and, and the first part of that is just because we, we need God's truth, Right? This is something we, we, we know in our heads, I think, most of us, but we, we need the truth because our hearts are always, always more inclined to opening up and listening to things that aren't true, <laughs> the wrong things, the wrong people, the wrong influences in life. Like It's our natural default setting to not hold as important what God considers important. Or, or it's our natural default thinking to think, well, whatever I just naturally think is important, that sure must be what God thinks too. It's not that way. L- listen to what the prophet Jeremiah in the Old Testament had to say about our, our heart, the default setting. He says, the heart is deceitful above all things, which makes sense. Like if you, have, if you should guard it above all things, like the proverb says, it's because it's deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? You know, so I think sometimes it just needs to be said, and I'm not, I'm not one to like just like try and bash other people. Certainly not to make myself look good, but it needs to be said. I think, especially like in South Florida too. Like, there are lots of big churches with celebrity pastors, and they've got professional musicians, and like everything is is designed to like make you feel a certain way and, and tell you what you want. Like they say, study culture, and they tell you what culture says as if that's all good. And people flock to them because they're, there's charisma, right? And, and the pastor's like got lots of hair gel, and, and he's like amped up on Red Bull, you know, and like, but then there's, then there's these, all throughout the country, this, this last year, there's just been a, a ton of like mega church pastor scandals across the country. It's heartbreaking. I don't say that with any kind of glee. But you see it in every place where the ministry becomes like this show or about the guy and how cool he is, eventually it crumbles. Satan just works through there. Or, or on the other side, you see, you see just tons of churches in our country that are just caving into culture. Right? Their theology has gotten so watered down and so progressive to meet the culture. It's like anybody and their, their lifestyle and their choices can find a place where, where they're told it's all good. But God in his word says it's not all good. And that's why Paul is telling the Corinthians here, open wide your hearts to me again. Well, why? Is that because Paul's like on an ego trip? You know, he's like, come on, guys, remember me. You know, no, it's not that at all. 
I mean, Paul could just be like, you know, I just do your thing. I, you know, but he's still, even though it's hard, he, he cares about them. So he's going to do the hard thing of saying, of speaking truth to them. And the reason why is because it was through his ministry in the first place that God opened up their hearts to know him, right? To know him as the one true God, not just the, the, the almighty creator of everything, but as their father who loves them, who, who gave his son for them. It was through, through Paul's ministry as an apostle of Jesus that they first got to learn the, the beauty of the gospel. Through, through Paul's ministry as an apostle of Jesus, they, they got to hear the good news. Because you know, at the heart and core of Paul's message in his ministry, which Pastor Caleb talked about last week, you know, reconciliation and all that good news, right? at the heart of that is, is, is Jesus. But not, not just Jesus as like, you know, a good example to follow, like a generic cultural Jesus who, who's more like your life coach. I think that's kind of a popular view of Jesus now, like, Jesus is your life coach. He's there to come alongside you and affirm you and tell you that everything that you feel and everything you want to do, you can do, and it's all good, and just go for it. But, 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 but he's saying, but Paul, Paul said, my message to you is always to help you to see who Jesus really is. First and foremost, the one who came to offer up his life as the all-atoning sacrifice for the sins of the world. Because he loved every single person on this planet. So that he was willing to shed his holy, precious blood with an unconditional, undying, unrelenting, all-in, non-discriminating kind of love for you and for me. He's the same Jesus who then calls each of us to each day take up our cross and to deny ourselves and to follow him. Because he's the one who died for us. Even, even when it's hard, even when it's not popular, even when we face persecution, because in the end, Jesus promises that it will be worth it. One day we'll, we'll lay down the cross and exchange it for the crown of glory. That's our Jesus. The one who loves us too much to let us get too puffed up with ourselves. But instead he died for, for our proud and stubborn and foolish and sometimes naive thinking. And that's why we need to, and we, and we want to, as Christians, hear the truth. We, we want to hold as important what God says is important. All right, so in Corinth, all right, so these, these, uh, these super apostles, as they're being called, right, they, they come into town. And what's interesting is that they don't just show up and, and go, hey, guys, we're false teachers, and we're here to kind of crowd Jesus out so we can little by little drag you off to hell. Right? They, don't, they don't do that. And yet, listen, so they, they come off like, we're here, you know, but here, here's what Paul says about these guys. Okay, a couple chapters later, this is what he says. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he says, For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder. For Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It's not surprising, then, if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be what their actions deserve. So, I mean, that's pretty serious, right? 
Did, did these super apostles sound good? Did, did they look good? Were they popular? Yeah. What Paul's saying is none of that matters at all if faithfulness to the word of God isn't also there at the same time. So then the question is like, well, what do we do about that stuff, right? Like, what do you, what do, you do when somebody or some church or some media ministry or, or just some media personality even isn't speaking or teaching or writing or blogging or whatever is, is the truth? So this is what Paul goes on to say. This is the rest of our section here. Here's what he writes in chapter 6, verse 14. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial, which is another name for Satan? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and, and I will receive you. And I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. All right, so again, just one more time. Paul doesn't, he doesn't question the, the ability of the super apostles. He, he doesn't question their sincerity, even. He doesn't say they're not likable guys. But what he does say is that because they're teaching a polluted message that's not actually the gospel, and they think that's okay, and that's even better, and they, they, that should push out in, in the truth of God's word. He says that's, you know, it's like a plague almost that you should just stay away from and not even get close to. It just makes you think, doesn't it? Like how many, how many people, how many, how many preachers who call themselves Lutheran or Presbyterian or non-denominational or Catholic or Christian or whatever, how many are actually faithful to the word of God. Now that, I say that with like a little fear and trembling, right? Because if that's what God is looking for, then I, that, that really, you know, I have to stay super humble. And, 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 and I say that because I invite feedback. Like I want that so that we can be on the path of God's truth together. And because, you know, these, and I think it was hard for the Corinthians to hear this too. Like, this is hard truth for them. They were, they were captivated by these super apostles, these super apostle guys. So I think this was super hard for them to hear too. And finally, I think it just shows us that our sinful nature always wants to hear, you know, just do whatever feels good. Do whatever you feel, you know, you have the power in you to do. Like, you can do it on your own. Just pick a church, depending on whatever style you like best. But it goes back to that question we had on the screen before, I think, too, right? Is, is what's important to God still important to us? Because finally what Paul's saying is, like, there, there, there can be no fellowship between light and darkness. There's no harmony between the truth of Jesus and, and the lies of Satan. 
So he says, open wide your hearts to the truth, which is to say, make room for what is important to God. Last, last verse here. Well, we'll jump to chapter 7, verse 1 here, because this is really the, the conclusion to this section. So there was like this uh, like hard truth, sound like bad news, but here's what he says. Since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Right? So he just said all this stuff about don't be yoked with unbelievers. But he says, since we have these promises, dear friends. So here's what I just want you to notice at the end, right? Paul's been speaking hard truth. But he concludes by saying, since we have these, these promises. Like he doesn't say, since we have these threats. <laughs> right? And that changes, that changes everything. He says, since we have these promises. In other words, being a Christian and, and living our life, it, it's, not just about, it's not just about having the right information, but it's also about having the right motivation. Like, like we, don't, we don't do what God wants us to do just because we, like we have to or else or because somebody else says so or because Pastor Ben um, is talking like this today, right? But he said, we, we want to do what God wants us to do because we have a profound understanding of the grace of God in Christ. We want to do what God wants to do because we have been given these, these great and precious promises. The promises of, of the gospel, which Paul has gone to great lengths to explain already in, in this letter, right? That's why we get to do what God wants us to do because we know our Savior's not done working in us either yet. So we have these promises after all, the promises of the gospel guaranteed by Christ, which means finally, one day, those words will sound good. Open wide. <laughs> so maybe just this picture in your minds as you think about this message here. Open, open wide. Right? You know, that's really what, in a sense, God's going to do for all of you who trust in Jesus with the gates of heaven. Right? Jesus has removed all the barriers. He's taken away all the fears. He's covered over all your sins. There's nothing you have to do. Just believe. Friends, that's the gospel. Since we have these great and precious promises, open wide, says God. So, friends, lo love the truth, cherish the truth, and open wide your hearts now and always to the truth, the truth of the gospel. Amen. And may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and guard our minds. Uh, through faith in Christ Jesus, until we see him face to face in glory. Amen.